wonderful release, and I'm, I was wanting to continue what I started on Thursday, but I doubt I'll be able to. Because uh, my wife, Lady Mary, told me, she said, Man, by the time Thursday get here, God going to switch that thing. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. I'm probably even going to continue that. That might come down the road two, three years from now before I finish preaching that. But um, the Lord will, will, will have his way. There's something about revival that's such a blessing. Amen. And um, I believe that we're in a good vein on a personal note. On a, on, in a personal place, we've been dealing with flesh and spirit. We've been dealing with understanding that every promise that God has for us, every healing that God has for us, every anointing that God has for us, every deliverance that God has for us, every advancement that God has for us is in the spirit. Look, 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 see, what we got to understand, peace, joy, and righteousness are not in heaven. They're in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, joy, and peace. In the, if, I don't, if I don't have peace, I don't need to wait till I go to heaven. I need to get in the spirit. If I don't have joy, I don't need to wait till I, I need to get in the spirit. We have access to those things now. And so uh, because the enemy understands the power that we have access to when we get in the spirit, he now has formed an enemy to keep us out of the spirit called flesh. Flesh and sin are two different things. Even though the one in their flesh does a lot of things that the sinner does, the one in their flesh is actually religious. It is a form of religion that sets out to please God. Amen. In man's own strength, in man's own wisdom, the flesh tries to do something for God. I could say it this way. The flesh attempts to do a, a work for God instead of doing the work of God. In other words, instead of waiting on what God would lead the flesh to do, the flesh figures out what it wants to do for God. The flesh tries to look at its skills, its ability, its intellect, and says, this must be what God has for me because I'm this intelligent, I'm this skilled, and this is what I like. The flesh tries to now calculate God and, and, and please God. That's why the Bible says in our flesh, we cannot what? Please God. We cannot please God. And so one of the greatest challenges that we're having is moving men out of the flesh, moving sons and daughters out of the flesh. The flesh keeps us in a state of immaturity. It keeps us as children and we never enter into sonship. A son is a mature child. As long as we're children, we still do a lot of things that people who don't go to church do. We still have a lot of the bondages and struggles that people who don't go to church have because we're still children. So, so we get depressed like everybody else. We, we, have, we, we get divorces like everybody else. You know, we, we have bad and good days just like everybody else as long as we're children. Amen. We're like everybody else because we haven't grown up yet. We haven't. We we know how to now um, experience the spirit. We know how to to now benefit from the spirit, but we do not know how to walk in the spirit. Amen. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that's the challenge now, because most of the people who have been assigned to mature us have not been mature themselves. It's the same thing that's happening in the world. Babies are having babies. Amen. It's the same thing in the spirit. Babies, you got pastors who are babies and they're trying to raise babies. So instead of having dominion, you have on your hands a daycare. 
And nobody's, nobody's taking dominion. Everybody's just being swaddled. Everybody's just having formula and being fed. Everybody's just being carried in the arms and help you cry through what you got to cry through and give you what you need to make it to next week. And that was never the intention of the church. Let me help you understand the church is not a hospital. The church is a hospital for sick people. I ain't sick. By his stripes, I was healed. This ain't a place for sick people. If you sick, you ain't leaving sick. Sick people don't hang out here unless they plan on not being sick no more. Broken people don't hang out here unless they plan on being um, whole real soon. Amen. The church is glorious. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. Amen. And so I didn't come here to give you what you need to make it till next Sunday. I came to give you another piece of eternity that you're going to walk in the authority of for the rest of your life. I come that you might have life. And have life more abundantly. We're here to be empowered, not pampered. Amen. Amen. We're here to be equipped, not entertained. Perfecting and maturing the saints. And it demands us understanding how to come out of the flesh. And so I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 8. I dealt with Romans chapter 7 in depth the last time we got together. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. And we're going to start at verse number 14. Is that okay? And I'm going to try my best to stay in the pocket because I preach hard for them little 22 minutes. My God. All right. I felt like, okay, I, I stopped that I finished and was sweating like I've been in 10-round boxing match. I said, my God. Amen. But there's sometimes the spirit of quicken you. And you just go up. Amen. And so we've learned not how to quench the spirit. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, a very powerful, powerful verse, and I'm going to teach some. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? Good. Now, verse 15, and we're going to work this verse a little bit. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I'm going to read that verse again. For you have not received, let's read that together. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Father, we just thank you and we bless you right now for the power of God in this room that gives grace to send forth the word that's quick and powerful, sharper than a double-edged sword, dividing asunder between soul and spirit, flesh and spirit, joint and marrow. And Lord God, thank you that you would be discerning of where we are in, in the place of the spirit right now. We just bless you for blessing us. You are not against us. You are for us. My God, and I thank you for that. You are not against us. You're for us. And so we bless you and thank you right now. 
In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to notice something about verse number 15 that I'm going to work. And I pray that God gives me the grace to articulate this in a way that to make sure that you understand it. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, for you have not. Well, let me say this and back up. In dealing with us receiving the spirit, he's trying to help us understand the nature of the, the Holy Spirit for which we've received. Verse 15 is about clarifying how the Spirit of God operates so we will not mistake the operation of Holy Spirit for another spirit. He's trying to help them understand the spirit they've received. Because even, glory be to God, amen, because even after we receive Holy Spirit, there's other spirits that now are seeking to pull us into their expressions. And so he clarifies, Paul clarifies to them what it means to receive Holy Spirit. He says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again. Now, that's a message within itself, and we'll jump into that um, later. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Listen to me and listen to me well. How we cry out to God is a reflection of what spirit we have. It's not if we cry out to God, it's whether or not we have the Spirit of God. It's how we cry out to God. Every spirit that cries out to God is not the Spirit of God. Please hear me and hear me well because we can cry out in our flesh. And sadly, we've been taught how to cry out in our flesh. And many times we do cry out in our flesh. We cry out unto God out of either the Spirit of bondage or the spirit of adoption. Let me say that again. We cry out unto God out of the spirit of bondage or we can cry out unto God out of the spirit of adoption. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, if we're in our flesh, we cry out unto God out of the spirit of bondage. Please hear this and hear this well. In other words, we cry out to God about our bondage. Listen to me. When, when, when we are in our flesh, we cry out of the spirit of bondage. In other words, we talk to God about our bondage. God, deal with this in me. God, help me with this struggle. God, work on me in this. We, and, and we've been taught, God, deal with this dirt. God, work on me in this. God, get this dysfunction out of me. And that's actually the spirit of bondage because it can only cry out unto God about our bondage. All we're doing is bringing our dirt to God and he's saying, why are you bringing your dirt and I spilled my blood? And Y'all hear what I'm saying? Why do you keep on bringing your bondage and the yoke is destroyed by the anointing? Why do you keep on telling me how filthy you are and though your sons were, your sins were as scarlet, I make them white as snow. And though they were red as crimson, I make them like wool. It's because there is a spirit of bondage that is now functioning in your life and faking like the spirit of adoption and it has you bringing bondage to the person that broke every bondage in your life. <laughs> 
Those who are spiritual, those who have received the spirit of adoption don't cry out about bondage. They cry out, Abba. Y'all ain't hearing me. They don't cry out about their chains. They cry out, Abba, Father. They don't cry out about their dysfunction. They cry out, Abba. Crying out of the flesh, crying out of the spirit of bondage puts what's needed from Yahweh in the future tense. Crying out of bondage puts what we need from Yahweh in the future tense. God deliver me, future tense. God free me, future tense. God save me, future tense. God fill me, future tense. That's bondage. You know why that's bondage? Because we're asking Yahweh to do what he's already done. Why in the, glory Peter, why would I put in my future what's actually in my past? Salvation is behind us, not in front of us. Liberty is behind us not in front of us breakthrough is behind us not in how can you say that how can you say it's behind us because there was a couple of people who went to a tomb and when they ran to that tomb they found out that the tomb was empty and there was an angel that told them why in the world are you looking for the living among the dead why are we trying to get liberty by bringing up our bondage why are we looking For the living among the dead. To experience liberty. Listen to me. And to experience breakthrough and salvation. Y'all don't mind if I talk just a little bit. We must understand the spirit of adoption. Please hear me. We receive the spirit of adoption by faith. Everybody say spirit of adoption. You know what the spirit of adoption does? The spirit of adoption empowers us to proclaim what Jesus has already done for us while we're yet waiting in our current state to experience it. I'm going to say that again. The spirit of adoption empowers us to proclaim what Jesus has already done for us while we're yet waiting in our current state to experience it. The spirit of adoption, glory, the spirit of adoption empowers us to understand that although I haven't experienced it, he's already done it. That's what the spirit of adoption said. I know I haven't experienced it, but he's already done it. And as we proclaim what he's already done, we progress through the process of adoption. As we proclaim what he's already done, we're actually going through adoption proceedings. Because adoption is actually adaption in the spirit. Can I talk like that adoption is actually adaption the process of adoption is Yahweh adapting us it's Yahweh modifying us it's Yahweh remodeling us it's Yahweh making us over as we proclaim what he's done while we're not experiencing it Yahweh takes us through the process of adopting us or adapting us into what we proclaim that he's already done for us and I'll 
glory. I go through adoption as I say what he's done. He begins to adapt me into what I said he did. Did y'all catch what I said? As Glory be to God. As we by way of the spirit of adoption that declare that Jesus died for me. Come on, ain't that the good news of 1 Corinthians 15? He died and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. And by that, he saved me. Even when I don't feel saved, guess what happens? Jesus died for me. And he was buried. And on the third day, he was raised for my salvation. And as we now, out of the spirit of adoption, proclaim that by faith, Yahweh begins to take us through the process of being adapted into the man or woman that walks in salvation. How did I live saved? Because I proclaimed out of the spirit of adoption when I didn't feel saved, when I didn't act saved, and when I didn't think saved. I proclaimed out of my mouth, out of the spirit of adoption, he died for me. My God, he was buried, and on the third day, he rose from the grave for my salvation. He gives us the spirit of adoption so we can be adapted. God doesn't just outright adopt us. He gives us the spirit of adoption that by faith we can progressively be adapted. That's why someone who has the spirit of bondage, they can't say they're delivered while they're still smoking. They got to tell God, help me stop smoking because they have a spirit of bondage. The spirit of adoption will allow them to say, when I'm weak, let me say I'm strong. When I'm poor, let me say I'm rich. When I'm bound, let me say I'm free. It's the spirit. It's a spirit. And spirit controls language. I can't say I'm free when I don't feel free because I got a spirit that won't let me. Can't say I'm delivered when I don't feel delivered because I got a spirit that won't let me. I got to tell God that to, to deliver me. I got to put my deliverance in future tense. I got to put my breakthrough in future tense. I got to put... Because I don't have the spirit of adoption. I still got a spirit of bondage. And all I can do is talk to God about my... Listen to me and listen to me because it takes a mind shift. To actually, you got to repent. Do you understand me and you got to repent? If we're going to receive his kingdom, we think we're just going to go to church and go through motions and receive the kingdom. We got to change the way we think completely. We got to renew our mind. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom is right in front of you. But it don't matter if it's in reach. If you don't change the way you think, it'll be right in front of your face and you won't experience a bit of it. You... We can't be adopted... We can't be adapted without the spirit of adoption giving us grace to speak by faith. By grace we're saved. Through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. The word is nigh and even in your mouth. It's the word of faith that we preach. As we by way of the spirit of adoption by faith declare that bondage is broken. Come on. Is there anybody? Go. I know you're not even necessarily experiencing that right now. But that don't mean he didn't do it. And if me and you are willing out of the spirit of adoption. I just got a spirit that knows bondage is broken. I still feel chains but I got a spirit that knows 
clothes. Bondage is broken. I, I still feel some conflict and some restraint, but I got a spirit that knows bondage is broken. And out of the spirit of adoption, I, I cry out, Daddy, Daddy, thank you for breaking this bondage. And as I cry out, Daddy, Daddy, when I'm acting like prodigal, prodigal, but I cry out, Daddy, Daddy, when I'm living like prodigal, prodigal, eventually he takes me through a process of adoption or adaption where I come to myself even in the midst of peace what I'm saying I come to myself even in the midst of pigs cause he adapted me while he adopted me while I proclaimed Abba as we by the spirit of adoption say we, every bondage is broken even while in our current experience we don't feel like the bondage is broken the process of adoption has started through our oh, glory because we got a spirit in us that just says where the sun sets free is free indeed and I'm not we begin to experience adoption or adaption and before we know it we become the person whose yokes is destroyed I don't know when it happened all I do is I woke up in the morning and the way I used to feel I don't feel no more I don't know when it happened I was just at work one day and realized I didn't get depressed like I usually get depressed I don't even know what happened I was at the family reunion and folks that used to make me feel some type of way and get me in all tied up. I, I talked and I laughed with him and I had no problem. I, I got adopted. Glory be to God. I got adapted. I've been... The spirit of adoption is confessing what Jesus has already done for us even when we're not currently experiencing what he's done for us and as we by way of the spirit of adoption proclaim what he's already done he takes us through the process of adopting us into the person or he takes us through the process of adapting us into the person that's already done uh, already uh, had what he's already done I need you to say I'm free yep right now I need you to say I'm healed right now I need you to say I'm saved right now I need you to say I'm obedient right now. I need you to say I live a life that's pleasing to God right now. And guess what you do tomorrow? I'm free right now. I'm healed right now. I'm saved right now. I'm obedient right now. And guess what's happening? God is adapting me. God is adopting me into somebody that's healed. Into somebody that's saved. Into somebody that's obedient. Into somebody that's strong. Because I I now have the spirit of adoption. I don't talk about my bondage. I talk about my daddy. I don't talk about my fight. I talk about his cross. I don't talk about my battle. I talk about the fact that the battle belongs unto the Lord. I got the spirit of adoption. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. I need somebody to confess I have the spirit of adoption. Come, I dare you to say it like, I dare you to say it by faith. Because you know how you get the spirit of, you know how the spirit of adoption fills you and begins to operate through you? It's not a work. 
not even a process. It's not a waiting period. When you hear it, it faith comes by hearing. Glory. And hearing by the word of God. When do you have it? When you heard it, if you believed it. You're trying to figure out how you're going to stop doing this and stop doing that. Instead of believing he already destroyed everything you're trying to stop doing. You need the spirit of adoption. Otherwise, you'll never be adapted out of the person that keeps trying to stop doing it. It's by faith. We got to change the way we talk. It seems so spiritual to talk about my fight, my struggle, my bondage. That's not spiritual. That's carnal. That's not the mature. That's the immature. Amen. Watch this. Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. This is so powerful. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. Y'all see that? For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. Flesh and which from which we operate out of the spirit of bondage causes us to receive bondage again and again and again and again over and over. We just continue to receive bondage because the spirit keeps on telling us to tell God, bring me out of this bondage. And every time I tell God to bring me out of this bondage, what I'm telling God is I'm still in this bondage. So then when I ask God to bring me out of this bondage, you know what God does, Kevin? You know what he does? put that phone down for a minute he says okay sure because I already did you got it the moment you said bring me out of the bondage you got it because I already did it but then what we do is because we got a spirit of bondage Yo, here we go right back and say God bring me out of the bondage and he sit there and say shucks throw it back here you go because you just now got yourself back I said we don't usually drop it but you just got yourself back into bondage how because you keep on claiming it over and over the spirit what again and again and again and again why he, he delivered you the first time because he delivered you before you asked for deliverance he freed you the first time because you were free before you knew you were bound We don't get free. When he frees us, we get free when we figure out we need to be. He been and freed us. Come on, I need somebody to say, I'm free right now. I need you to receive the spirit of adoption. And so even when the action contradicts your adoption, you still say, I'm free right now. Even when the action contra contradicts your adoption, you say, I'm delivered right now. Even when the action contradicts your adoption, you said, the blood, watch this right now. Come on, I have a spirit of adoption, and I'm going to keep on speaking this adoption until there's an adaption. And I ain't going to pick that up no more. I ain't going to go back there no more. I ain't going to operate like that no more. I got the spirit of adoption. And I cry out, Daddy. 
daddy. Anybody been crying out daddy lately? That means I got my daddy's head. Y'all ain't hearing me. That means I got my daddy's head. And I might not look all the way like my dad. My, my hands are still growing. They ain't got daddy's size yet. But you just wait one minute. I'm going to keep on out of the spirit of adoption declaring that my destiny is to be conformed into the image of your dear son. That when you look at me, you see him. Y'all ain't hear what I am in the name of Jesus. I'm like Jacob that put on Esau. Y'all ain't hear me. You treat me like the firstborn. I come boldly to the throne of grace. When I call, you answer. When I pray, you move. I'm anointed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. I love God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. There's no part of me restrained from him. See, a lot of you don't understand, but this is how I pray. I now, out of the spirit of a glory, out of the spirit of adoption, I'm always anointed. You're the vine and I'm the branch. I'm in you and you're in me. My thought is your thought and your thought is my thought. What I see is what you see and what you see is what I see. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm the anointing made flesh. I thank you that I'm your will tabernacle. Whatever you want your will to be in the earth, I thank you that your will has hands. I thank you that your will has eyes. I thank you that your will has legs. I'm the will of God in the earth. I'm the... See, y'all don't want to talk. Don't, we don't want to pray like that. We don't understand the spirit of adoption. I'm not talking about what I need to be worked on. I ain't talking about what God needs to fix. And oh, he didn't die to fix me. He died to make me like him. Spirit of adoption. Spirit of bondage has us trying to fix us instead of reflect him. I don't have to fix me. I can reflect him. Somebody shout spirit of adoption. This is so key say this, how we cry out is a reflection of what spirit we have. Or I'll say it this way, how we cry out is a reflection of what spirit we op we're operating in. Because sometimes we have Holy Spirit, but we still operate in spirit of bondage. Spirit of adoption is Holy Spirit. It's just an expression of Holy Spirit. Still all one spirit. Amen? Ultimately, the way we cry out dictates whether or not we ever come out. I need you to remember that uh, because some of you have been crying for a long time and you're still there. How long are you going to cry about that and still fight with that to figure out maybe it's the way you're crying out that's keeping you from coming out? It ain't just crying out. But when we cry out of a spirit of bondage, it actually ensures we stay in that bondage. If we cry out of fear, come on. God, change me, deliver me, because I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. I don't want to die and go to hell like this. Uh, God, deliver me and change me. That's bondage. Glory be to God, because you're treating your change and your deliverance as if it's something you still have to obtain when it's actually something that has already been obtained in Christ. I don't, God said, I don't need you to fear. I need you to repent. I need you to understand how whatever way you're trying to operate in that liberty, your mind isn't giving you access to it. And I need you to bow your thoughts and how you look at the word and how you listen to 
the word because you've been listening for 10 years and you're still in that bondage so you're not allowing the word to renew your mind I need you to repent for the way you sit in church because you're still bound need you to repent for the way you view religion what faith is about that ain't it So many times we'll remain unchanged and undelivered because Jesus has already changed and delivered us. And we're out of fear saying, Jesus, please change me. Don't let me die in this condition. Jesus, please deliver me. Don't let me die and go to hell like this. And guess what happens? We're still back and forth in it. Because we're doing it out of fear. And that's just bondage again. Always praying about bondage is what keeps us in bondage. That's because the flesh wants to help us try to fight our way out of what we've already been freed of. We say, I got to fight my way through this. No, you don't. No, me and you got to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. No, he didn't say we had to fight the devil. He said stand. He, he never told us to fight the devil. All we need to do is stand. When you've done all you can do, you stand. Glory be to God. Having your loins girt about with truth. Your, your, the breastplate of righteousness. The helmet of salvation. The shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The sword. The shield of faith. Which quenches the darts of the wicked one. And the sword of the spirit. What God is saying is your victory is in what's on you not what you're trying see God said as we stand I'll let you wear me y'all ain't hear what I'm saying I'll, I'll put you put on Christ as you it's not literal armor it's actually Jesus the helmet of salvation is the headship of Christ the breastplate of righteousness is the righteous heart that loves God with everything. The loins girt about with truth is the only legal means for which we can reproduce. See, our problem is there's people reproducing that don't know truth. So they're reproducing lies. You got to have your loins girded before you can impregnate anybody. We, there always them folk that want to push you into that thing. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. You don't give the gospel with your mouth. You give it with your life. See, I just want to talk to you for you. You pushed me into it. I wasn't even trying to go there, but go ahead. We're steady trying to tell people the gospel. And he said the gospel is supposed to be in your feet, not on your lips. People should see the good news by the way you're walking. Feature. I know I ain't even planning to go here. Do you know the good news? No, show it to me. Whew. 
and then the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. We're trying to get a sword and we don't yet have a shield. You don't get a sword without a shield. You got to learn how to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one before you can swing the sword of the spirit. Amen. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother day. Watch this. Watch this. Let me see where we. We don't cry out to God about our bondage. Jesus already took care of that. We need to repent so we can receive the spirit of adoption and stop trying to cry out to God out of the spirit of bondage. God, when am I going to get over this smoke? And he said, what do you mean? I freed you from it before you took your first. You're putting it on the wrong end of your life. And that's why you're still bound by it. And I said, but, but I knew... And I'm so scared of, of what's happening in the church because it's like, what, you know, we, we lose people. And they say, but they knew Jesus. It ain't about whether they knew Jesus or not. It's about whether Jesus knew them. He didn't say, away from me, you never knew me. He said, away from me, I never knew you. You did a lot of good things in my name, but I never knew you because I only know you to the degree you're like me. How much you're like me is how much I know you because I created you to be like me. And so the degree you're like, not like me, I do not know you and I don't sin. I, I don't stay in bondage. I am the prince of peace. I'm not walking around stressed out. I don't know you. He knew the Lord. Well, he in trouble. If that's all, he knew the Lord. She knew the Lord. She in trouble. Watch this. Romans chapter 8, verse number 14. Watch this. All that religion. We got to deal with that religious stuff. That carries no power to, to bring people into real freedom. Tangible freedom. I want tangible freedom. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Led, this is my question, and I know ultimately it means led by the Spirit in life, but specifically in this text, led by the Spirit of God in what? This is what the Lord brought me to today as I examine this text. I know it ultimately means led by the Spirit in life, but Paul was specifically being, um, talking about being led by the Spirit in a very specific category, if you pay close attention to it. He was talking about being led by the Spirit in the, in the realm of prayer and intercession. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God in the realm of prayer and intercession. You know that's what that, that's, that he's talking about right there. I'm going to prove it to you because all you got to do is just skip down a little bit to verse number 26. Twelve verses later, Romans 8, 26 is one of my favorite verses. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit we're led by, y'all hear me, helpeth us and maketh intercession for the saints with groanings which cannot be. 
be uttered. He's talking about being led by the Spirit in the realm of prayer and in the realm of in knowing what to pray for. Why? Because prayer that's led by God changes things. Watch this. Can I just teach this for a minute? We need to be led by the Spirit of God in the area of prayer. And remember what we talked about from the beginning. It's not about crying out. It's about what spirit you cried unto God out of. That was it from the beginning. Amen. We need to be led by the Spirit in the area of prayer and intercession. Because watch this. What do we tend to do? We tend to want to pray for all the bad that we see and ask God to do something about it. Because we don't know how to pray. That is technically not prayer and intercession. Did you hear what happened? Let's pray. Did you see that? Let's pray. Did you do that? Let's pray. That, that technically is not how we ought to pray. Y'all hear what I'm saying? <laughs> because Romans 8 and 26 is preceded by Romans 8, 24 and 25. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is Seen is not hope at all for what a man seeth. Why does he yet hope for? But if we with hope, oh wow, glory, but if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Then he says, Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit. Spirit maketh intercession for us. Did you find out about such and such as daughter that got pregnant? She only 13 years old. Pray for her. No, 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 no. The Spirit would have made intercession for her a long time ago. While she was two months old. Father, I thank you that this woman will be the wife of one husband. She'll be a virgin until she's married. Father, I thank you and bless you right now. She will love her children. She will honor her father. She'll honor her father. She'll submit to her mother. She'll be a woman of prayer and she'll be a woman of intercession because the Spirit is causing me to make intercession for you, baby, and telling me to tell you that you're a prophetess before you can say, God, God, goo, goo. The Spirit don't wait until he sees something because hope that is seen is not hope at all for what a man sees. I'm calling those things that be. We don't know how to pray. We wait until they get teenagers and they start mentally battling stuff to start praying for them. And the devil got us because we're picking fruit and not dealing with the root. We don't know how to pray. We're going to wait till somebody else dies and say, God, stop the killing. But God actually wants us to say, raise up fathers. We're praying to stop the killing and ain't nobody stopping killing. But if we would pray, turn the hearts of the fathers whoo, back to the children uh, and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Uh, you could take this curse of murder uh, off of our 
city and hope that is seen is not hope. So I'm going to pray with patience for this. I'm going to tarry in intercession for this. And lo and behold, I might be 60 years old, but there's going to come a day where Florence is full of daddies. Daddies who ain't babies' daddies. They're fathers who raise the children in their house, who live with the mother of their children, who are married to the mother of their children, who are raising their children in the abonition of the Lord. No, we need to pray they stop killing. My God, if daddy was at home, he wouldn't have a gun, nor would he be tatted up and down. But we don't know how to pray as we are. Murder is a curse. Not just boys want to run around and kill each other. They want to kill each other because they're under a curse. And we can sit up there and say, God, please don't kill them tonight. All we want to. And the devil says, thank you. Because you ain't stopping nada. Because you just praying for what's seen. Hello? When I pray for my children, I don't pray for the God fix their bad. I pray for the good God created them from from the beginning. And God, God created it from the beginning and saw that it was good. That means my, my Taylor is good, my JC is good, my Joseph is good, my Josiah is good, and my James is good. And good overcomes evil. So instead of me talking about their evil, I'm going to prophesy over them they're good. Every morning when I get up and grab my mug of coffee and I sit at my office for an hour or so and pray. I'm not praying, God, keep them from adultery. I'm saying, God, I thank you for the spirit of purity that's over their life. I ain't saying God break this off. God, I thank you that they're filled with your spirit. I thank you that my children prophesy. I thank you that you poured out your spirit on all of them. I thank you that tonight before they wake up this morning, you're encountering them. You're interrupting their dreams as I pray. You're touching their heart and opening them up to the gospel. You're giving them grace to worship. And they just think they're changing and getting more sensitive to God. But they got somebody who knows how not to pray for what they see but pray for the good I ain't praying God change him I'm thanking him because he already did I ain't praying God deliver him I'm thanking him because he already did I am not going to pray for the bad I'm going to enforce the good that God already saw and he saw that it was good But we know not how to pray as we are. But the Spirit has to help us. Glory to God. I dare somebody to bless God in here. If this sounds... Come on, I, I need somebody to bless God. Come on. You're about to go into tongues like you never went into tongues. You're about to go into groaning like you never went into groaning. Because I'm here to tell you right now, God understands it, but the devil don't. Rabashanda, angels are dispatched, but the devil ain't. He don't understand when we start groaning. 
Stop fighting what you see and start speaking over your children what you don't. Stop fighting what you see and start speaking over your people what you don't. Stop fighting what you see and start speaking over your city what you don't. You know what I speak over Florence? I don't speak God start killing. I speak in the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. As, as the waters cover the sea, so the knowledge of God But that's out of the spirit of adoption. You can't pray like that out of a spirit of bondage. Because when you're in a spirit of bondage, all you can talk about is bad. Look at how bad it's getting. Look at how bad politics is. Look at how bad people is. God help all these bad people get free. And ain't nobody getting free. Why? Because you're praying out of a spirit of bondage. And that same prayer that you prayed to get out of bondage that ain't got you out of bondage, sure enough ain't going to get them out either. It ain't got you out of it. Hello. Many times we don't come out because we don't know how to cry out. Many times the people we're praying for don't come out because we don't know how to cry out for them. But those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the what? And creation. Now, creation is waiting on the manifest. I'm just waiting on hearing a son that ain't praying what they see, but is praying by hope. That is not praying what they heard, but is praying by hope. Creation is waiting to create cures. Do you understand that there's a cure for COVID and it was one before it happened? And it's not because it's a conspiracy theory, but God is waiting on sons. So here. So tonight we bind the spirit of bondage that's trying to hijack your prayer life. That's trying to demean and water down your intercession. Come on, I need everybody to stand to your feet. We're about, we, we about to break the spirit of bondage uh, that has us continuing to operate in fear. Because all we're doing is praying for what bad could happen. And we wind up worrying more about our children after we pray for them than we do believing God for them. Because we pray for them out of a spirit of bondage. Shana Konan Sedanda Bakore Dansi Shana Nananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananananan
this room. Come on. Everybody in this room. Come on. Y'all know. Come on, come on. Those who are led by the Spirit of God. God has revised your prayer life today. You're going to go to the closet with joy unspeakable and full of good news. Come on. You're not going to leave prayer heavy anymore. He is for us, not against us. Come on. He is for us, not against us. So we bind the spirit of bondage right now that wants to cry out unto God through us. We bind the spirit of bondage right now that wants to point out every inadequacy, that wants to point out every dysfunction, that wants to point out every proclivity that's making itself seem like the spirit of God, but is actually the accuser of the brethren. We bind that accusing spirit parading as the spirit of God that's disarming us from our dominion. Even on this night in the name of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God. God in Christ Jesus. Beloved, now we are the sons of the living God. His blood has made us righteous now. and let adoption break out. Come on. I dare you to open your mouth and believe God that he is indeed the one who's done everything that you needed. He's given me and you everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given it all. He's given it all. And I dare you to thank him for it. I dare you to bless him for it. I dare you to bless him because you measure up because he measured up for you. You're good enough because he's good enough for you. You, you're not rejected because he was accepted for you. You have a destiny because he gave a destiny to you. Come on, bless him in this room. You're 
disobedient. You're not a sinner. That's not the way a believer lives. And he manifests to destroy the works of the devil. That work is destroyed in the name of the Lord.